on stories like this, people get really cheesed off because we're in the season now where you truly learn in the, in the, in the private sector how you're being ripped off because the sunshine list is out. The premier says, yes, it's all about transparency, except she's not offering it willingly. It's mandated. And you have to release it before the budget. So they waited as long as possible. The Friday right before. Because the budget, of course, is on the 28th. And that list is, it's enormous. When Mike Harris mandated this, the list had 4,500 names on it. This year, 131,000 people are making over 100,000. Plus, huge benefit packages, bonuses, big pensions. Do you have a pension? I don't have a pension because I'm paying into the public sector pension. And anything I got, well, I'm looking in the couch for it. So the guy screwing up hydro, making a lot of us, uh, you know, choose between heating and eating, that guy Jeffrey uh, Lash, yeah, he makes $1.5 million. President of uh, U of T, 930000 Chief nuclear officer at Ontario Power, I, I don't even know what that guy does. Like, what does he do? He gets paid <laughs> $860,000. And interestingly, the top 10 earners are all men, except for one woman. She makes seven hundred and twenty to run the uh, pension board. And so, you know, you got to keep in mind that, that those in hydro, a lot of them aren't even having to disclose this because, yeah, it got sold off. But the CEO makes $4.4 million. So the people who can't even get the lights turned on properly because they've completely screwed up the system are making out like bandits. It's crazy to me. Let's bring in Christine Van Guy into the conversation. She is with the Canadian Taxpayers Federation. She is the Ontario director. Christine, uh, you know, we get the list for the Sunshine List, and yet again, it's bloated, bigger, and um, it just continually grows. Yeah, so that's a story we basically see almost every year. The only exception um, was when Hydro One was removed from the Sunshine List, so we lost all those employees and their disclosures. Uh, but yeah, now we have a huge number of people on the Sunshine List, about 131,000 people in Ontario earning over $100,000 at taxpayer expense. And uh, that sheer number alone is, is what I think is staggering today. Just how many people are earning six-figure salaries totaling about $16.8 billion. Yeah. And look, I don't begrudge anybody making a good salary. And in this day and age, you almost have to make that to survive. But we're talking about people that work at kiosks, you know, pencil pushing jobs. Uh, you know, the guy that is single-handedly screwing up hydro is making, you know, a million five. The other guy over at, uh, you know, Ontario Power is making, uh, you know, 4.4 million. I mean, these people are being paid ludicrous salaries for failure. Yeah, so the, the the top earner this year and last year is Jeff Lash. He's the CEO of Ontario Power Generation. He made $1.5 million last year, and he made about $6,000 in taxable benefits. Um, to me, though, the problem isn't the people at the top of the list, and, and there are a whole lot of people making a whole lot of money on taxpayers' backs. Um, like the head of University of Toronto Asset Management making 900000 um, 
the the um, the head of the independent electricity system operator making seven hundred and forty thousand dollars, nearly seven hundred and fifty thousand actually. Um, and there are a lot of people making a lot of bank. But the problem to me is actually the tens of thousands of people who are sort of middle management or lower level employees. Um, for example, the 1,500 people at the TTC making yeah. over $100,000. Like a, a ticket collector. Like how on earth would these people, or should they be making 100000 That's crazy well, were, to me. The, the way that they end up making that much money is, is through overtime and things like that. But really, there, there should be some kind of cap on things like that. It, it's just a tremendous amount of money on the backs of the taxpayer. And really, it's the, the, the tens of thousands of people in middle management and low-level positions who are making $100,000 that is creating the problem for the government. And, and I'm not sure I really agree with your, your earlier point that you, know, you basically have to make $100,000 to survive. Because when you look at the statistics coming out of StatsCan, the average weekly wages for an Ontario uh, worker are about $900 a week. That's mm-hmm. $50,000 a year or just half of the threshold uh, on the sunshine list. Yeah. And, and we, I mean, you mentioned it, but the list does not include, and this is an important one, because the uh, Liberal government sold off Hydro One, there are thousands, probably more names that are not on this list that probably would have made a lot more than $100,000. Yeah. And this also doesn't include contract employees. So if you have a contract, you wouldn't, with the government, which often these contracts, yeah. Are, are huge amounts of money, and they sometimes provide um, severance for contract employees um, that can be the same. You know, you could get severance. For example, the, the head of the Pan Am Games had a, yeah. I think, four hundred or five hundred thousand dollar contract for a few months of work, and then severance for uh, months after that that equaled about the same amount as his salary. So he made about a million dollars. For, for just a few months of work. Um, so contract employees with, with deals like that won't, ne- won't show up on the Sunshine list. Uh, and, and that's just, you know, you know, another part of the problem. This is, this is one of the problems with the Sunshine list. Um, but overall, I believe it's a really important accountability tool to see how public sector wage growth is occurring over, year over year. Right. And, and when Mike Harris instituted this thing, mandated it, there were 4,500 names on it. And yes, we've gone through a couple of decades, but it's now at 131,000. And so we know that this particular government has been bloating the public sector. But the reality is, Christine, you can't campaign on, you know, we're going to shrink this. So Doug Ford, who was asked about this today, can be as offended as he wants. But there's no way he can say we're going to find efficiencies there because it automatically becomes an attack ad. And then the public sector unions get out the vote and we're still stuck with the same government. I mean, I think I think that there is a political problem around this. But overall, when you compare private sector workers to public sector workers doing comparable jobs, Public sector workers are earning about a 13% wage premium. That's according to research that the Fraser Institute did. And it really is a problem that needs to be tackled. I mean, you see this this list growing tremendously yeah. every single year, and, and there's nothing that is stopping it. Yeah. Even when you adjust the list for inflation, which is what critics are always saying, that $100,000 when this list was first initiated in 1996 uh, $100,000 was a lot more money back in 96 than it is today. 
uh, of course that's true. But even inflation adjusted, mm-hmm. the list has go- grown by 335%. Yeah. So the list is growing even when you are using 1996 dollars. And it's important to point out that the $100,000 does not include bonuses. It does not include those huge pensions that they are guaranteed at the age of, I think, 55. Nor does it include benefits, many of which uh, get benefits for their entire family uh, or sick days. So it is a lot more, actually, than $100,000. Yeah, and I think it's a it's an issue that we really need politicians to address. Not just the the wages, but just the size of the public sector in Ontario and across Canada. Um, it's it's the second fastest growing um, wage area in Canada or has been over the past five years or so, um, according to uh, some statistics that Global News put out uh, about a year ago. Um, the second only to the, um, the oil resource sector. So, yeah. yeah, we did have a natural resource boom in, uh, in Canada, but that doesn't justify a corresponding government boom. And it's a problem that really, uh, I really wish politicians would address. I'm happy that we have this uh, accountability measure that every year we can count on um, being able to measure exactly how much this list has grown. And I'm happy that the government isn't making any plans to change it. No, they aren't. But they're also not going to shrink that public sector because uh, it's a political suicide And um, the reality is, uh, you know, no one wants that kind of bad news going into a campaign. But I totally agree with you. It's gotten ludicrous to build in such a huge voter base that you know that you can then use to help you get elected. Uh, And it really does hit at the core of the taxpayer. Yeah, absolutely. And and I mean, these are all people that um, that are that are paid with taxpayer money. So um, no matter how you slice it, $100,000 is a lot of money. Uh, It's a lot of money today. It was a lot of money in 1996. It's it's about double what the average weekly wage earner earns in Ontario. And I'm glad that they're they're keeping the threshold. Um, I wish they would do something to address the bloat that is uh, reflected in this list. But we'll see what uh, we'll see what government and politicians want to do with this. Uh, in the election. Yeah. Run. Run. Thanks, Christine. <laughs> Thanks so much for having me. That is Christine Van Gein joining us from the uh, Canadian Taxpayers Federation. To your on point, I'm Alex Pearson. This is Global News Radio.